Please join with me in prayer. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love to nap. I spend a good part of my afternoons curled up on my couch, which is where I prefer to take the nap. I like to sleep in late when I can, too. But as much as I love sleep, sometimes this is a problem. I have this uncanny ability to fall asleep anywhere and everywhere. Much to the embarrassment of my friends and family, I've fallen asleep in public libraries while getting my hair cut, <laughs> and more than once while getting a cavity filled in the dentist's office. I I went to see a movie by myself a few years ago and fell asleep, missing a crucial part of the plot, and this sweet little girl sitting next to me tugged on my shirt, half shouting, half whispering, excuse me, lady, wake up. You're missing the good part. My love of sleeping has always made me fascinated by the stories of the disciples in the New Testament who were frequently asleep when they're supposed to be spending time awake and alert with Jesus. There's even a moment in the boat where they wake up Jesus from a nap, and he's upset about that. In today's scripture reading, we find that because they were weighed down with sleep, Peter, James, and John almost missed the transfiguration, that mysterious, magnificent moment when God revealed Jesus' true identity. They, too, almost missed the good part. I believe God wants us to be present and alert with Jesus in much the same way as he wanted the disciples to be awake. Mary Oliver, who some of you may know, a favorite poet of mine, ends a stanza of one of her poems with this line that I love. To pay attention. This is our endless and proper work. The English literature major and teacher in me thinks Oliver is probably saying pay attention to other poets and artists. But I think her message applies to us as Christians in an even deeper and richer way. For Christians, to pay attention is to pray, to connect in conversation with God. Prayer is our endless and proper work. Like the transfiguration or change that Jesus experienced on the mountaintop in Luke's gospel, prayer is transformative, changes the way we see God, the way we see ourselves, and the way we live out Christ's love in the world. First, prayer changes the way we see God. When we pray, we bring to God the struggles we face as humans, our suffering, sickness, joy, gratitude, loss, loneliness. And when we pray, we realize these are the same very struggles that Jesus himself faced. We grow closer to Christ, realizing this aching need we have for a God who understands us and our humanity in the most intimate of ways. And we pray because Jesus prayed. So many times in scripture, we see Jesus leaving crowds to pray in solitude on his own, or we see him teaching prayer to his disciples. Sometimes I think when we wrestle with this confusing paradox of Christ as human and divine, when we wrestle with the nature of this triune God, we might find it strange or even silly to think that Jesus himself would need to pray. But he did. 
Up until the very last moments of his life on the cross, Jesus was in constant conversation with God, modeling this endless and proper work of prayer for us. Jesus himself was transformed in prayer. Prayer changes the way we see ourselves, too. Can't take any credit for this idea. C.S. Lewis said it, but he's right. Prayer certainly changed us and changed Moses and Elijah. I don't know if any of the rest of you feel this way about the Transfiguration story, but every year when I come back to it, I find it strange and weird. There's magic and clouds, the booming voice of God, dazzling light. I don't seem, though, to have any problem accepting any of those things. What I'm always confused about is why Moses and Elijah are there. They're dead. They're not living. And they're present with Jesus and the voice of God with the disciples on that mountaintop. But as I was reflecting on their role in the story this week, it struck me that both Moses and Elijah had a very active prayer life with God. They allowed themselves to be at their most vulnerable in their conversations. They fully exposed the darkest parts of themselves in prayer. Moses, if you remember several times, argued and pleaded with God, trying to prove that he could not be trusted to speak eloquently or bravely enough to deliver God's message to the Israelites. Elijah, exiled in a cave, running for his life, literally collapsed in prayer, begging God, telling God he wanted to die. How often do we avoid coming to God in prayer, choosing metaphorically instead to sleep? Because like Elijah, we are tired from the struggle, the journey. How often do we avoid facing God in prayer because, like Moses, we don't believe we're capable of the tasks the world has given us, and we're ashamed at the places where we've failed? How often do we forget we do have someone there with us, a God who listens, a God who speaks to us? I don't remember Moses and Elijah for the great and remarkable things they did, I remember them and return again and again to their stories in Scripture because they came honestly to God in prayer, listening, trusting God even in those times of doubt and desperation. They came to trust themselves through the peace and strength God provided them in these prayers. I spent some time burning the palms with the children this Sunday that are going to be used as ashes for Ash Wednesday. And we talked about this season of Lent we're going to be beginning. This is a time when many of us often seek out ways to intentionally provide more space for ourselves to pray. And I urge you to do that this time in Lent. Be creative and open with the many ways we can come to God in conversation. Meditation. Silence. The labyrinth out front. Praying for others doing yoga and walking and other kinds of body prayer, praying through music or writing or drawing, going out into nature and being with God, praying through scripture. The way we pray individually and the way God meets each one of us in prayer is a unique experience. I believe God is a God of mystery and surprise. Oftentimes we try to compare our experience to prayer with other people's experience. Or I've even had times in my life where I get frustrated by prayer and I think about times when my prayer life was richer. 
But I think the ways we pray and the ways we hear God change and grow throughout the various seasons in our lives. Prayer isn't always a deeply satisfying, transformative, mountaintop experience. Sometimes it can be frustrating and challenging. But it is only when we give God the chance to transform us in prayer that we can go out and transform the world. Poor Peter, in this story of the Transfiguration, gets it wrong. Peter is always getting things wrong in the New Testament. After he hears God's voice on the mountaintop, he is so moved by this miracle he witnessed that he wants to build temples there, staying in that moment forever. But God urges Peter to follow Jesus back down the mountain to go back into the world. Like Peter, we have important work to do. What begins in prayer must continue in action. We are called to be Christ's hands and feet in this world. Our hands are needed to feed the hungry, to welcome the stranger, to care for one another and the earth. As our founder, John Wesley, said, we must do all the good we can in all the ways we can. We must show others the joy of being transformed by God's grace and the joy of being awake and alive in Christ Jesus. Amen.